1: We are back on the Weekend Fantasy Update. Mike and Joe, find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio, at MikeBlue, at Joe Galena. And now, welcome back an old friend, uh, former host on this uh, show and on this network, uh, Kevin Walsh. You find him on Twitter at TheKevinWalsh. Kevin, how you doing, bud?
0: I am doing well. Lovely Good to hear from you, fellas. Got greeted by Sean Angle, which, which absolutely brightened my morning.
1: That's good. That's good. He brings a lot of energy. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Engel, our producer. So, there you go. All right. Um, I, I think it's been well established that you despise the Warriors. We've covered no. this on air. You do <laughs> not like the Warriors. It's okay. You're okay. It's okay that you don't like the Warriors. You particularly didn't like them after they won and added Kevin Durant, uh, after they had won and then added Kevin Durant, and then you uh, disliked them even further when Boogie Cousins signed for a a pittance compared to what his overall NBA value was. Although it was a confusing situation because he was had an Achilles injury, but they have found themselves in obviously the biggest hole that they found themselves in uh, since they ultimately lost to Cleveland. Um, Mm -hmm. My take on it is that, and you somehow think I'm a Warriors fan, which I'm not. I just have a lot of fun watching them when they're playing at their best. Uh, So, Uh, Now I've laid all the cards out on the table. They're just not the same defensively. Uh, They're a team that's built to be healthy and win. You can't just lose all these guys and still win. I think some fans, even some analysts, have convinced themselves, ah, the Warriors can do anything. But Mm. when you lose three guys or two and a half guys, you're in a lot of trouble, and they find themselves in a lot of trouble in this series.
0: Well, yeah, as much, as much as, and I still think in a way, to a degree, the way this series has played out, the Kevin Durant's decision did have a major impact on the league and the overall enjoyment of it, and I think to a degree, this series adds some weight to that. But ultimately, when you look at the team the Warriors are trotting out going into this series, which was mainly just minus Kevin Durant, it's probably the worst Warriors team in this entire run because – when they, before they added Durant, they were a team based on depth. They traded in the depth for a top heavy, star power driven team, which you do 10 times out of 10. But when then the depth is gone and Durant is gone, it leaves you vulnerable. And I think you made a really good point there about how the media can consistently tell themselves that the Warriors can do no wrong. I think the Portland Trailblazers series was something that a lot of people used as their reason for liking the Warriors against the Raptors. I saw plenty of people say maybe the Raptors get a game. That series is entirely why I felt that the Raptors would be able to beat the Warriors pre-series if Durant wasn't going to return, because if you allow a team like the Portland Trailblazers, to me, a significantly worse team than the Toronto Raptors, to get up on you by 17 points, Three straight games. Yeah, if you you can't allow a similar situation when you play a much better Toronto Raptors team, a team that also, and I feel like this wasn't valued enough, had the home court advantage in this run. There's only been one team that's had a home court advantage over the Warriors. That was the last year's Rockets team, and it took the Rockets missing 27 straight threes in a game seven to not get past the Warriors team that even had. Kevin Durant so the home court I don't think was factored in enough and I really think the Blazers series I think people kind of glossed over how they were getting those wins and just focused on a sweep
1: uh, I think you're right to, to some extent it was um, I, I said during the series I wish the Blazers would stop doing this to themselves because it was just <laughs> torture to watch them keep doing that but it's not just Durant, obviously. It's Boogie. That's what well, I don't even know what percentage to put on him because he was really good in one game, but he clearly can't go out and do it every night. He's he's not in good shape, good enough basketball shape right now. Mm-hmm. Looney is playing with a painful injury, and they're just throwing the kitchen sink at Steph, who can only do so much. And even Clay was awesome last night, but he yeah. was he was he had to get his leg rewrapped. It's just um, it's a complete mess now. We'll keep we can keep diving down into it and then I'll even ask you about Carson Wentz at the end. But where do you expect it to go from here? Is this a closeout for the Raptors in game five?
0: Yeah, I mean, and that is the reason why yesterday I thought that the series should be over in five once they announced that Durant was out game four, because for me, if he was out four, then he was likely out five. To me without Durant, I just didn't see how the Warriors got the gun. And then what's played out through the series is Demarcus Cousins has been despite the second half of game two, pretty much unplayable. Tavon Looney's gone down with an injury, which is for people who are consistently been watching the playoffs, you probably knew how big of a deal that would be. He was even pretty good last night, all things considered. And yeah, I agree. Clay, Clay was and Clay was phenomenal. I didn't even think you were going to be able to get that good of a game out of Clay Thompson uh, that they got. And it still didn't really make the difference for me the Warriors had to win last night and I also for as great as Steph Curry was in game three I thought it was very very unlikely to see a repeat performance of that and they probably needed something similar and I think it does show when they ended up only being able to put up 92 points I mean the Raptors had no comprehension of the sport of basketball for the entire first quarter and by halftime it was only a four-point game
1: Which is normally what the Warriors do to other teams when they they play badly for stretches. And then it's sort of what happened in game two where Mm -hmm. the Raptors were up big and the Warriors looked lost. But they go on this little run in the last four minutes of the first half and they cut it down to a manageable lead and then they – pull like the Warriors playbook thing which is to to destroy everybody in the third period so that's what they ended up doing now you made a good point about Looney uh I just think Livingston didn't give them a lot last night but there's two other components I want you to comment on one is Mm -hmm. whether it's due to injury or not this is just so far from where they used to be defensively and which Mm -hmm. was The media and analysts knew well how good a defensive team they were. I think casual fans were just always wowed by the three-point barrage from the Splash Brothers and everybody else. They were great defensively last night. They were lost defensively to the point where, and I always thought he was going to be a, a factor in the Buck series, and now last night he was effectively the MVP of the game. Ibaka just totally dominated. He was 9 mm-hmm. of 12 from the floor, and even in not a completely full load of minutes, he took over the game. They just couldn't defend him. Like, Bogut can't do anything with him. Looney's banged up. Mm-hmm. Livingston can only do so much, sort of playing out of position at times because of his length. But Ibaka was a huge factor last night and really was the reason that they were able to keep the distance from the Warriors throughout the game. It wasn't just Kawhi doing it, Ibaka poured in 20 points.
0: Yeah, I think even when we talk about Kevin Durant not being there, uh, the most obvious absence is the offense of Kevin Durant, one of the all-time great offensive players. But he's also incredibly valuable for their defense when you think about his length and his ability to rebound the basketball or even just the fact that Kawhi Leonard would likely draw that Kevin Durant assignment and that probably doesn't allow him the opportunity to come out and have a 17 point third quarter Durant would have changed the math on all of this because then instead of an unplayable Marcus Cousins or a Kevon Mooney who doesn't have his collarbones intact or an unplayable Andrew Bogut, you're then able to play Draymond at the five Durant at the four. You keep the size and Draymond can usually get the better of a matchup against the Serge Ibaka. Hell, even against a Marcus Saul, he's been doing it his entire career. So, Durant, as much as they miss him on offense, you could maybe even argue the defensive side of the ball, they miss him even more. And there were moments
1: last night, Draymond had like the ultimate Draymond game too. He's a minus 13 last night, but all the Warriors were minus except for Bogut, um, where he he had 10, 12 assists. He had nine rebounds. But... I could tell there was a sense of desperation because uh, Draymond had four fouls. I'd say all four were ridiculous fouls. (laughs) Guys coming down, not even in transition, guys are bringing the ball down. Draymond runs up to him to to foul them hard. He gets mad at the ref for calling a foul. It's like you just ran 35 feet across the basketball court and ran into the guy and reached on him, and they called a foul. It's a foul every time. Why are you stopping Mm -hmm. the clock and getting guys into the bonus and putting them on the line? I just wonder if there was a – it it felt like a little bit of old Draymond crept in where this sense of frustration. He got a technical. He's up to five technicals, by the way, in the postseason. If he gets two more, he misses a game. So – Assuming this goes a couple, three more games, Draymond's at risk if he doesn't keep himself mm. off of the uh, the technical line. But uh, so I, I just thought Draymond showed a little bit of frustration. Steph was obviously frustrated. He was getting hit a lot last night, and he they weren't calling it to a point And he finally got a foul, and I, I thought he was going to get teed up too for sort of slamming the ball down.
0: Well, I think on the Draymond point, something that you and I would kind of always laugh about with Draymond, especially come the postseason, is he'll, he'll get in a ref's face, he'll get a tech, and then he's allowed to do whatever he wants. One of the yeah. weird trends I about like this postseason where Draymond's just been allowed to do whatever he wants before he ever, ever getting the first tech. He has certainly toned it down a bit, but something I tweeted out last night was, if this game gets out of hand, game five, I think he's just going to get ejected. I truly like, I wonder if you can find a sports book that'll give you some odds on Draymond Green getting tossed out of game five, because he now seems he, he's seeing it slip away and all the self control is slipping away with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I thought the fouls were indicative of that last night. I thought dalla was okay. He only gives you three points, but um, I, you know, Iguodala is a jack-of-all-trades guy last night. But it's unfortunate because they do need more offense out of him. They just need out of offense uh, out of guys that they don't normally have to rely on to give them offense. You know, they needed more than three points out of Iggy and six points out of Sean Livingston, for example. They needed mm-hmm. Quinn Cook to hit one shot. Just hit one. You're in there seven minutes. You're shooting five shots. <laughs> Just hit one. Like, give us some points. So, uh, all right, so you think it's over in game five. That's it.
0: Yeah, I just, again, I I mean, they played 16 quarters. It's 13 to three Raptors. Like, the Warriors have only won three quarters in this entire series. That is, I mean, that is to me the entire story here. The Raptors, it's not just the Raptors have been better. They've been comfortably better. And that's how you win two games in Oracle. And yeah. that's, they, they've just been the comfortably better basketball team. And, again, unless 35 is going to walk out of that tunnel, I don't know what the Warriors could possibly go to. Because we've even seen, uh, just one last point, we've seen the tremendous Steph game, the 40, like the best, maybe the one of the best playoff games of his whole career, yeah. and it still, still didn't lost. make the difference. And it was yeah. at Oracle.
1: Yes. Uh, and I don't think Durant is coming back.
0: No, For... Neither do I.
1: So I think he's hurt, and he's going to be a free agent, and it doesn't matter the stakes. I think he's hurt. So um, no need for him to come back at, like, 40% to try to prove his worth to the team. Like, how how is he even going to contribute? He's going to play 11 minutes at 40% Kevin Durant? It doesn't help um, when Kawhi Leonard is on the other team So, in particular. So, all right, uh, I'll give you a couple minutes because your boy Carson Wentz got signed and now they have them long-term. So this is still a win-now team. Uh, they were, they're were they kind of in this position that a lot of teams get into with a quarterback. It's like, well, we're not 100% on them. We really like them. But mm. what else are we going to do? We have to extend them and plan ahead for the future. And Even the owner comes out and says that. Jeffrey Lurie says they plan ahead for the future. So where are you at on the signing, concerned, uh, just give me kind of your thoughts there. I I, I, don't, I don't know what else they could have done, but you have to have I, some level of concern.
0: I, well, I really think that it was important for Philadelphia probably to get this done now because I don't know how much benefit there would be to waiting. The only argument would be an awful Carson one season and then you just let him go, which I don't know how happy anybody really is even about that result. To get this extension done before Goff and Dak is probably a big-time bonus because, I mean, Dak's on the record about not taking pay cuts, and I would assume Wentz would get more than Dak would get, and again, Goff is someone that clearly the Rams like. So being able to get it done before that, and also getting it done before what could be a really, really good season out of Carson Wentz. Every single report is indicating that he is actually healthy coming into this season. One of the... Guys that I think both of us really respect in the NFL is Lewis Riddick, uh, the guy who was all over Pat Mahomes last year. He's now on record for his preseason uh, pick for MVP is Carson Wentz. So I think there's a lot of people expecting a big year from Carson Wentz. I know even in fantasy terms, I saw Matthew Berry's reaction to the contract extension say that he's, uh, he's a top eight quarterback. For him, So I think all the expectations are high. So really, if you wait a year, he goes out and plays closer to the MVP, Carson Wentz, that we had seen two seasons ago. You know he's going to have to get probably then the highest paid contract and a number that will always go up because that's just the way things are with quarterbacks. The number continues to move up. So I think it was kind of a no-brainer for Philly.
1: Hey, Kevin, we have just about a minute left. Joe Galina here. Jordan Howard, in or out? Eagles uh, running running game, <laughs> really hurting uh, fantasy players. W- what are we doing this year?
0: Howard, I, number I think, 33. Go ahead. I, I think it really does remain touchdown reliant because it's, it's not like they had to give up a ton to get Jordan Howard. So I don't think it puts mm-hmm. Doug Peter, uh, Peterson up against a wall to have to force feed him the football. I think it comes down to really his ability to punch touchdowns in in the red zone. And he has been a really good red zone team, but a part of that is Carson Wentz's efficiency in the red zone. So uh, do I love, 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 love Jordan Howard? Not necessarily. Again, I think it's going to come down mostly to value and, and where you're able to get him because I think it really will be touchdown dependent.
1: Good stuff, Kev. Well, you got your dream scenario here. Uh, the Warriors are just going to get getting beat up by the Raptors. So <laughs> the dream scenario on.
0: was Durant never going there. For honest, but. Yeah, I know. Well,
1: it's too late for that. So thanks for coming. <laughs> you can find Kevin on the Pickup Sports Podcast with Kevin Walsh. Find him on Twitter at the Kevin Walsh. We'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Thanks for joining us.
0: All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. So
1: uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll uh, talk a little bit about what Kevin had to say and turn it back over to baseball. Maybe there's a few more football props as well. It's Mike and Joe.